todavía Recuerdo aquel día Cuando te dije que ibas a ser mía Y tú sabías que yo no mentía Y todavía había Recuerdos del día Así como el soteaba todo el día De colección tenía tu carita Today we're talking about the pros and cons about the pandemic. The pandemic refers to the global outbreak of COVID-19. It started in late 2019 in Wuhan, China, and rapidly spread worldwide in 2020. The pandemic led to widespread illness, significant disruptions to early life, economic challenge, and extensive public health measures to contain I the virus. I think we spread. all experienced the pandemic in a different way. Some took it as a way to start over by changing their habits to improve, and there were some others who locked themselves away so much that it affected them in a very drastic way. A recent study carried out by UNICEF shows that the crisis caused by COVID-19 has had a significant impact on the mental health of adolescents. Isolation and long quarantines cause psychosocial stress and exacerbate symptoms of psychological disorders. After months, consultations with adolescent mental health specialists have increased Symptoms of anxiety, sadness, anger, frustration, irritability, sleeping problems, and eating disorders are becoming more frequent. I also think and understand that everybody in this group got affected by the pandemic emotionally, physically, or psychologically. But there is a thing in common about this issue, and it's the new technologies and ways to implement this in our daily life. As it was with the online meets, with optim which optimized the form of studying and improving itself which, with time, making it easier to take classes. Also, some people learned better about themselves, found new goals or hobbies, which goes hand in hand with self-development and self-discovery. New activities like going hiking or cycling are part of society because of the virus. And Derek, what's your experience? In my case, I lost my hobbies, which were playing basketball and touching and playing guitar, which were things I liked doing, but I couldn't retake them because during the pandemic, even after it. I was sedentary and lost orientation about what to do and couldn't keep up. In after, in after school, there was a time when a teacher asked me if I did something in the afternoon, so I answered no. She responded, seriously, you're a high schooler and you do nothing. So I took it seriously and decided to keep up and have more energy about my activities. I started waking up from home and did multiple exercises daily until I found out about the new activities that changed my life in the afternoons because of the way that it took me to clear my thoughts and observe the things better. Having discipline, I understand and comprehend that people had it hard during the pandemic and get depressed with without the need of having, doing something because of the online school 
or the sickness of the coronavirus. My experience with the pandemic was good and bad because I learned many hobbies and I even created a business. Because I learned how to make filters for social networks like Instagram and sold them to the insurance companies. The bad side was that physically I neglected myself because before the pandemic I was an athlete and did non-stop doing different sports. This caused to gain a lot of weight but when everything returned to normal I worked hard to get back to my form. My experience in quarantine was very interesting. The first weeks I enjoyed it a lot, reading, listening to music, enjoying more time with my family, but as the months went by without going out or living with more people, anxiety and depression began to grow, and I was stuck in my own head. That's when I decided to start going to a psychologist. Likewise, as many relationships in my life were ruined, there were some Others that improved a lot, like the relationship with my mother and my brothers. That was something that I am very happy about. To date, I am still dealing with the consequences of the pandemic, but I have become very comfortable with my life now. And my experience, the pandemic started very quickly, and when I least thought about it, it will could no longer leave our homes. I was able to spend a lot of time with my family and thanks to the fact that we took good care of ourselves, we didn't get sick and we were able to rest easy. In the school environment, everything changed. Classes became virtual and we had to use many platforms and things as we had learned to do over the years. The school closures caused by the coronavirus affected us disproportionately because not everyone had the opportunities, tools, or access necessary to continue learning during the pandemic. Loss of concentration, anxiety, demotivation, lack of support for online learning, and poor interaction. I have a perfect example of how some teens experience pandemic. Specifically, I'm talking about a 15-year-old girl named Claudia. And I'm not saying that everyone experiences it this way. Some may be worse to imagine than others. This contact contains mental health issues and may be distressing. About two years ago, I was struggling with my mental health. I was self-harming a lot and I was suicidal. Around the same time, I attempted to take my life for the first time. After that, I was referred to child and adolescent mental health services where they diagnosed me with depression and anxiety disorder. I also started to develop disorder eating patterns and perfectionist traits, which made my life harder. Many more months and attempts on my life later, I was at my lowest point. This is when I made a more serious attempt of my life, which was traumatic for everyone involved. Therapy has helped me a great deal, and friends and family supporting me made all the difference. Even though I'm still struggling a lot with my feelings and thoughts, I wanted to say that no matter what you're going through, you deserve help. You deserve love, and you're worth it. We also have a lot of positives and negatives of being at home. Some positives are like less time communicating to and from school or work, and you're likely to have more free time because of that, and more family time too. You also have opportunities to try and do things you haven't had a chance to do yet, so that causes you less stress and anxiety around and outside of home activities. But also we really have a lot of negatives like limited socializing opportunities like for me that I'm a really extrovert person. I was missing my family and my friends and I was feeling really lonely. 
So some people might have increased confidence at home too. Because some of us love being around our family in our house, but not everyone is safe at home. For some people, the increased time at home can mean they're less safe than when they were able to spend time somewhere else. If you feel unsafe at home, please talk to the people you trust and get in touch with support, including Kids Helpline. Do anyone has another example of cons? I consider two principles. The loss of life during COVID was evident the most tragic of all. Thousands of people, especially older people, lost in this battle. They became the main affected, facing absence of resources, and sadly, many were left to their fate, experiencing the deepest pain when living without the company of their loved ones. And the cruelty of the heartless men was also evident. There have always been those who took advantage of the desperation of others to enrich themselves or benefit. We witnessed it with the increase in prices, in the sale of essential products, an increase of cost, fake news, and grown ideas about how we can take care of us. I consider two principles. The loss of life during COVID was evident the most tragic of all. Thousands of people, especially older people, lost in this battle. They became the main affected, facing absence of resources, and sadly, many were left to their fate experiencing the deepest pain when living without the company of their loved ones. And the cruelty of the heartless men was also evident. There have always been those who took advantage of the desperation of others to enrich themselves or benefit. We witnessed it with the increase in prices, in the sale of essential products, an increase of cost, fake news, and grown ideas about how we can take care of us. They were also pros. Like putting the world economy in a coma has cut fossil fuels used dramatically, thereby reducing the accumulation of atmospheric carbon dioxide, methane, and other greenhouse gases, slowing the rate of global warming. It also helped other strategies included in changing in activities and hobbies, such as DIY, exercising, walking, and spending time in nature, keeping routines, and focusing on one day at a time. The next thing you are going to hear is a video where they present more information about this topic. Climate change, political polarization, gun violence, social media pressure, and financial instability are just some of the many stress factors that we all deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. But what happens if that reality is all you know? According to the JAMA Network and HHS, recent depressive and anxiety symptoms in young people doubled during the pandemic. So on this Mental Health Awareness Month, how is Gen Z holding up and what more can be done about this? Psychiatrist Dr. Howard Liu, chair of APA's Council on Communications, and Sophie Barron, founder and CEO of The Conversationalist, a nonpartisan platform to encourage conversation among Gen Z, are joining us for more on this. Sophie, I want to start with you because you say part of the reason you started The Conversationalist was to get Gen Zers talking about mental health. Why was that so important to you? Diane, thank you for having me. I grew up in the Midwest in an environment where a lot of these important issues that were impacting me day to day were incredibly stigmatized. And I saw time and time again, especially in my own environments, friends dying to suicide and losing friends to suicide. And the reaction from my institutions was to sweep it under a rug and not open up a dialogue about it, which is why I felt it was so important to create an environment where young people could gather and have that peer-to-peer -peer connection to relate through our experiences and more than ever as the mental health crisis is increasing we have to encourage these conversations to connect young people across their differences. 
Dr. Liu, are there differences among generations when it comes to mental health struggles and how to address them? I would say that Gen Z is actually very good about being aware of their mental health, and they are actually less stigmatized about seeking care than some of the older generations. So, Sophie, you've introduced several conversations on this topic on your platform. What were some of the biggest takeaways? On our most recent episode that airs this Tuesday around mental health, we explored the question, should everyone be in therapy? Which is an interesting question. And I would say some of the biggest takeaways were around the importance of seeking therapy or therapy alternatives in a way that works for you. But what I learned on the episode is that there are some struggles, especially amongst Gen Z, to find a therapist or a resource that meets them where they are. And so as we call for therapy or self-care um, methods, it's important to ask advocate for accessibility, not just in terms of the financial aspects of therapy, but also in finding therapists that are multiculturally competent. And there was a young woman on our episode who shared as a woman of color that she has a hard time finding a therapist because it's hard to find someone who can relate to her. So as we explore these conversations, we need to meet young people where they are as the most diverse generation to date. So Dr. Liu, I'll leave you with the last word. How do you advise people in that circumstance? How do you find a therapist, the right therapist, or another alternative to try to get the help that you need? The goodness of fit of a therapist is so important, as Sophie was saying, and really you want to make sure that uh, you're talking to your primary care provider as a first point of access. They often have somebody embedded in the office to help you. Uh, finding a psychiatrist is also helpful in case you have more severe anxiety or depression. It's worse. And that really can be accessed through a number of ways. Primary care is one way. Uh, if you really are in, in a bind, you can call 988 as well uh, and just call and text for a crisis helpline as well. But the thing to remember is it takes a, a good fit for you to open up and be vulnerable with somebody uh, if you're in a mental health crisis. It does. All right, Sophie Barron, Dr. Howard Liu, thank you. Time now to connect the dots. When we make the news, make sense. The pandemic changed the lives of so many around the world. But now, scientists say it even changed our personalities. How can a pandemic change the way we act? Let's connect with us. There's no denying the pandemic was a major life event for almost everyone, whether or not you got COVID. Researchers collected data from more than 7,000 people looking at their responses before, during, and after the pandemic. They looked at everything from neuroticism to openness to agreeableness. Researchers found that over the course of the pandemic, neuroticism increased. At the same time, agreeableness and openness and extroversion all decreased. They say the changes were most noticeable in young adults, but they're not sure why. And while all this sounds like pretty bad news for the future, experts say they're not so sure. Researchers say the real takeaway should be that our personalities are not set in stone. And that is Connecting the Dots. Why do scientists think the COVID pandemic may have changed our personalities? There's no denying the pandemic was a major life event for almost everyone, whether you were infected or not. And now researchers collected data from more than 7,000 people looking at their responses before the pandemic, during, and now. They looked for various personality traits, everything from neuroticism to openness to agreeableness. What they found over the course of the pandemic was neuroticism increased while there was a significant decrease in conscientiousness, agreeableness, openness, and extroversion. Basically the qualities of someone with a positive attitude. The changes were most notable in young adults. 
Researchers aren't sure why they were more affected, but theorize it's because their personalities are more malleable. While all this sounds like pretty bad news for the future, experts say they aren't so sure. According to CNN, researchers think the takeaway really should be that our personalities aren't set in stone. So while it may be looking kind of bleak right now, change is possible since our personalities can respond to changes in our environment. The results also reveal we are not alone, and the past few years have been tough on us all. With The Why, I'm Brandi Smith. As you can hear, it is a topic that is very important, and we should see more information about it. And that's it for today. Thanks for listening to us. Orlando, what the fuck? R-I-C-A R-I-C-A Dije que si me pego pues le compro una mansión Pero que espere conmigo mientras llega su ocasión Siempre fuiste mi perdición Te imagino en dos más dos Tu latido y el sonido del reloj Subiste un post al Instagram Con el ramo que te di entonces no la pasas tan mal Si nos juntamos no vamos a viral Sabe que hemos hecho cosas imposibles de olvidar Y todavía había recuerdos del día Así como el sol te daba todo el día De colección tenía tu carita Y todavía había recuerdos del día Así como el sol te daba todo el día Y tú sabías que yo no mentía Y todavía 